0: Sealing God's people with your host Dennis Beard. We have several different stages of growth from glory to glory and John focuses on that in 1 John 2 verse 12 through 14. Now we know that when you first come into God and you're born again, you're a newborn babe. You desire then sincere milk for the word that you may grow thereby. And that is born of the water and the spirit so that you can enter into the kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But you don't stay there. Then the next step, after you've been repented, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, born of the water, you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're born of the Spirit, then there's another step, another higher level of glory. And he says, I write in you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, you have been born again but you've gone a step higher, and you have known the Father. The little children have grown higher in glory through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ of obedience unto righteousness and having the revelation that Jesus is the Father of glory. You've known him as the Father, and we don't stop there. Then we go on to the next step. I write to you young men, and we're gonna focus on the young men in this podcast, I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. These are overcomers. They're going to be specified in Revelation, the second and third chapter. you find that to do the will of God, you must work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in you both to and to do of his good pleasure. We have to do the will of God. To do that, Paul tells us in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. Your individual will of God for each individual member in the body of Christ. Members in particular. Each one will have a different ministry, a different ministration. called for a certain purpose in the body of Christ, which no other person can do, no other believer can do, except that individual. So the body is compacted together and fitly framed whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. And it grows from faith to faith, which works by love in the body of Christ, love for the brother. Now, as we take a look at the overcomer, we must do the will of God. And it focuses on the last day work of the ministry. Now, we're called for the work of the ministry, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And when God changes a season, it's a new season. And we must walk in that light as he is in that light. The have fellowship one with another, the blood flow between and in and through the body of Christ, the members of the body of Christ, requires that we walk in that light in present truth, which is blood flow. Then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It is imperative that we walk in the light as he's in the light the light in present proceeding word of God in the time that we're in, a proceeding word in the now faith, not tomorrow faith, not yesterday's faith, but now faith is a substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. The things are the invisible things of faith, not walking by sight, but by faith. And by doing that, we're pleasing to the Lord because without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. He gives us the voice of the son of God, the voice of the Lord, God almighty that we must obey in revelation, the second and third chapter to be these young men. Now we're not fathers yet. We have to overcome uh, the world, the, the wicked one, the world, uh, and our own flesh, our own fleshly desires. We have to crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust in order to be an overcomer. So we overcome by the word of God, thus saith the Lord, just as our Lord did when he was in the wilderness, they're tempted of Satan, tempted in his body in his soul and in his spirit. We will also go through temptations and trials, which these tribulations work patience, patience worketh experience, and experience worketh hope Work, hope makes not ashamed because the love of god is shed abroad in the heart by the holy ghost now to hear the voice of the son of god the sheep know my voice jesus said and a stranger they will not follow reading in revelation the second chapter we start at ephesus then we go to smyrna uh pergamos thyatira sardis philadelphia and later and each of the seven churches Now, of course, there are more churches than just seven in the churches of Asia. But these are the seven categories for an overcomer to let us know in this present day where we're lacking. Any problem that a person is having, a believer is having in the body of Christ, will fall into one of these seven categories. And every problem that we have Jesus is the answer to solve them. And we are have to hear the voice of the Son of God. Now, we'll start at Ephesus. And in chapter 2 of Revelation, verse 1, to the angel of the church of Ephesus right. Now, the angel of the church, we know that we have uh, the angels over specific areas uh, there in this earth. And there's warfare in the heavenlies. But the angels to the churches here, or the Angelos, are the ones that you will find of the sons of all in Zechariah 4. The proceeding word of God in that revelation of Christ, that spearhead revelation of Christ as it is now revealed unto, unto his holy apostles and prophets. God uses these two offices for spearheading the work of the ministry to the body of Christ. Now that's not to say that the pastors, evangelists, teachers, that uh, these are not used in the ministry. Of course they are, but the spearhead move is first apostles, secondarily prophets. Now through apostolic succession. They call the apostles and bishops as a head of a church. Well, a bishop, we is in the biblical sense, is nothing more than an elder. He's not above apostle. He said first in a church, apostle, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. That's the order. The highest office there is as apostle, which is a servant of all. And then with the church at Ephesus, he begins as the angel to the church Angelos. These are special messengers, our sons of all, that have entered in and uh, leading the body of Christ into that higher glory, which are ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But they're in the offices of apostles or prophets. They're the angels to the seven churches. And uh, These are the ones just as Jesus called the apostles and apostles to, uh, took the bread and the fish, the loaves, and he broke the bread and gave to them to give to the people. Well, we'll find in Zechariah four that the two olive branches, it's very important to see that the two olive branches empty out of themselves, the golden oil, not a half egg of beaten olive oil, as we see in the Pentecostal reign in the church but golden oil, throne room revelation, within the veil, a higher glory, not in a Pentecostal realm, but in the season of tabernacles, in the Feast of Trumpets. In this time, we find that Joshua, the son of Josedek, the ones that are called by the name of Jesus, the sons of righteousness, that they have a change of raiment in Zechariah 3. They appear before the Lord, and Satan also there to withstand Joshua. And the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. And he says, Joshua is a brand plucked out of the fire. Now, that means the ministers right now are going through fire. Trials, tribulations, a time of testing, a time that our faith is tried as by fire so that it can come forth as pure gold for the glory of God. So think it not strange the fiery trial which the true ministers of God are going through now, as though some strange thing happened to us, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that the glory of God will rest upon your head. Now with that understood, there's a change of raiment. This is just not a brand plucked out of the fire. Those are the ones called by the name uh, Joshua in the Old Testament, which would be uh, Jesus in the New Testament. the whole family of God in heaven and earth is named that name. As many as been baptized into Christ, they've put on Christ. Now, these are the ones in Zechariah 3 that have a change of raiment. It is a new thing. Still, the church, born-again believers, one body, not a different body of Christ, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. But it's a higher glory. It's a different season. Things change in this season as God goes from one season to another. Then he changes and gives a higher glory and revelation of himself till we finally come to the ultimate measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man, Christ the head, and we the body of the Christ in the same image of Jesus Christ because Jesus is coming back for a perfect church without blame and without spot and without blemish, a perfect church. To get us there, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Now, the work of the ministry is what's being prepared in Revelation, the second and third chapter, when we go into that throne room revelation of Revelation 4 and 5. Because in Revelation 4, John is going to have a door open to him, there and the voice of a trumpet talking with him, saying, Come up hither, not the rapture of the church, but a higher level of glory. And I will show you things that will come to pass hereafter. Now, this is somewhere 92 AD. This is many years after the destruction of Jerusalem, 70 AD. Titus, son of Vespasian, has literally taken Jerusalem, destroyed it, and then several years later, 1992, some say 95, but many years later, we have John on the Isle of Patmos there as our companion in tribulation for the testimony of Jesus, and he's given us this testimony. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel unto John. John the Baptist forerunned Jesus' first coming, but did no mighty miracles. Therefore, John, there in the spirit of Elijah, will forerun Jesus' second coming, but will be with many miracles. Science, miracles, divers wonders, and gifts of the Holy Ghost, God confirming his word with signs following the believers, not believers following the signs, but the signs following the believers. With that said, the angels to the churches, the seven churches, we go to Zechariah 4. And Zechariah is asked, what do you see? And he sees two olive branches. And he said, what are these? And he doesn't know. Now, we need to take a good at the two olive branches, which are going to be the two olive trees that we see in Revelation 11. The two olive trees, the two olive branches, one on either side of the Lord. They're caught up to God and to his throne. They're going to empty out of themselves the golden oil. This is a proceeding word of God from the throne, not a Pentecostal revelation. It's a higher light. It's direct in the throne room. For you see in the sanctuary, which is alluding to the sanctuary of Pentecost, we have the table of shoebread on the north side, and we have the seven golden candlesticks on the left side, on the south side. And in that, we have a half egg of beaten olive oil in each of the 22 knots of bowls that feed the seven lamps. Now, it's going to be different here. It's not going to be a beaten olive oil. And it's not going to come from the knops of the bowls. Because there will be a big bowl over the top of the candlestick, which is the churches, as we see in Revelation the second and Revelation the third chapter. The seven churches there in this revelation of Jesus. And there is a great bowl over that candlestick, and on each side of the Lord, there are two olive branches, one on one side, one on the other. These are the two witnesses that we read about in Revelation 11, that God will give power to, and we're noticing that, that they have a a prophecy, and prophesy the word of God for 42 months. Time, times and a half, three and a half years, 1,203 score days, which is the exact time to fulfill Jesus' week. Now Jesus was cut off, but not for himself. And in the midst of the week, he caused the sacrifice and oblation to cease. No more sacrifice and oblation for the for the Moses law. He took the ordinances of that law and nailed it to his cross. When he did that. He broke down that middle wall of partition between God and man in his own body of flesh. God manifested the flesh. He broke down the own, his own law, the middle wall of partition by his own human, the son of God, taking the ordinances of that law in a free will sacrifice of himself and nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition Thereby making peace and one new man. The new man is Christ Jesus, the last Adam, made a quickening spirit. Notice that's a small s in 1 Corinthians 15 45. We're one with that spirit. We're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. We're in that Son of God as bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. Now we're not the spirit of God. He that's joined the Lord is one spirit. We're one with the spirit, the man Christ Jesus. But notice when Jesus died on the cross, he said, Father, into into thy hands I commend my spirit. So through that Son of God, that man of which we are one with, we have access, boldness to enter in within the veil to the Father of glory, which is Jesus Christ himself. But he did it with his own body of flesh. Now that is a wonderful working of God, how he works salvation in and of himself alone. Now, if you haven't heard that before, uh, please tune in to the podcast on the revelation of Christ. How God offered himself and made himself a body of flesh and blood in order to die for the sin of the world. Now, with that said, during that Pentecostal reign, we received the Holy Ghost. And at that time, We had the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. Then in Acts, the second chapter, we had uh, that glorious day of Pentecost, a wonderful work of God, a mighty work in the former reign, which is a moderate reign. That was in the season of Pentecost. We've been Pentecostals for over two days or 2,000 years. Now we're in the third day. During that time in that sanctuary, which will allude to the time that the high priest would then minister in uh, the sanctuary, they would use a half egg of beaten olive oil to the 22 knobs of bowls to feed the seven lamps, which would burn continually to give light over against the sanctuary and the table of shoebread. But now things have changed. They've changed in that, in that revelation, the second and third chapter. We're hearing a voice of the Lord that we're going through obedience, and these angels are to the churches. The angels to the churches, there are the two olive branches that empty out of themselves the golden oil into this huge bowl. This bowl is over the Church. This is to the seven churches. In other words, seven for total completeness to consummation to perfection. The two olive branches are not using beaten olive oil going up to and feeding the seven lamps, but the bowl over is over the top of the candlestick with seven pipes emptied out of the bowl to direct to the lamps and it's not a half egg of beaten olive oil it is golden oil coming from the two olive branches which we'll see are the same as the two olive trees of revelation 11 which are the cherubim of glory in first king six twenty three, and in first king 6 we see it's an engraving of an engraver On the walls of salvation, the cedar work, God uncovering the cedar work, which will have carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. It's a different season because now the golden oil is not coming from the knops of bowls. It's coming direct from the two olive branches of Zechariah 4, that empty out of themselves the golden oil, where they get it from the Lord God Himself within the throne room revelation, and they empty out of themselves the golden oil into the bowl that has seven, seven tubes, and these these pipes go directly to the church, the seven the seven uh, uh, bowls of the golden candlestick being fed. This is exactly what we're seeing in Revelation, the second and the third chapter. Now, to understand that God is doing a new thing is not that we're using the same beaten olive oil. We're not in the same Pentecostal realm, but we're in a higher realm of glory. We're in that golden oil season of glory. We're in the Feast of Trumpets. That Feast of Trumpets will last, or 42 months, time, times and a half, three and a half years, a thousand two and score days are the 42 months of Revelation 11, fulfilling Jesus' week. He was cut off in the midst of the week. There remains another three and a half year Jesus' ministry, the work of the ministry, which we are all called for in the body of Christ in the unity of the faith, not a denomination. This will be the greatest work of God before his second coming, before the second advent, when the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, that last trump, and that's when we, uh, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in heir, air, and all the dead in Christ will arise first at that in a twinkling of an eye, that eye is the aim. It is revelation. In a twi- I'll show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. There's a change. That change coming. At, 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 at the twinkling of an eye, at the at the voice of that last trumpet, when the last trumpet sounds, in the twinkling of an eye, the eye is a that eye be single. The whole body's full of light. It's the aim. It's what Enoch. Whenever he lived another 300 years after begetting Methuselah, after he dies, it shall be seen, or a total of 365 years, or a solar full consummation year, that Enoch and he was not. Well, that not is ain. N O T, not is ain, which is the fountain of an eye. There's the eye at the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. then the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together meet the Lord there and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So we're at a time in Revelation the second and third chapter of young men, not just Pentecostals, little children, knowing that he's the Lord. Well thank God for that that Jesus is the Father of glory. thank God. they've known the Father, yes God. Thank you, Lord, for that. But now we're going to a much higher glory. We're going to the last great day, rain of his strength, the latter rain. Not, a moderate rain. not a moderate rain, but the last great rain of his strength. And we're told in Zechariah 10, Ask you of the Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain, So the Lord will make bright clouds, send forth showers, to everyone, grass and appeal, every individual member in the body of Christ be fruitful. There we have in Revelation 2 and 3 for the overcomer that hear the work of the ministry, that obey, not just hear it, but obey it. That is so essential to be an overcomer that we don't just say, well, I'm saved, sanctified on my way to heaven, but seek our Lord diligently to know this work. The work of the ministry, and whosoever we yield our members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom we obey, whether of sin unto death, and still die even though we have the Holy Ghost with a carnal mind, or obedience of obedience unto righteousness, and that yielding the peaceable fruits of holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So as we break it down in Ephesus. The angel are the ones that have and empty out themselves the golden oil and they give it to the church. Not Michael, Gabriel, but the church there, the angels to the church there, being messengers to the church, to this word, proceeding word of God in the golden oil, present it to the churches. on perfection. That's the reason there's seven of them. And to the angel of the church of Ephesus write. And now that is the messenger sent before the face. What is that? That's the spirit of Elijah. Now that's the reason why Malachi 3 says, I'm going to send a messenger before my face to prepare the way of the Lord. It's a preparation. It's a warning. It's a Uh, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. He's coming. Alas, alas for the day, the day of the Lord cometh. It's not at hand. Blow the trumpet in Zion. It's nigh at hand. That's what's happening now. God's judgments in the earth, Ebola, HIV, uh, COVID-19, on and on. And it's going to get more and more, and it's going to accelerate. These are warnings. God getting our attention. But what for? Because of the work of the ministry, for the revealing of his name that he's God, and there's not another. There is no trinity. There is no two-ness. There is no oneness doctrine. It is a Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, and he's going to perform judgments to reveal who he is, the blessed and only potentate, the Jesus Almighty God. There's not another. With that said, we have to hear the voice of the Son of God. It's imperative. It's essential. It is paramount for our salvation. And each of these angels is in the spirit of Elijah. Why? Because it says there in Acts 3, 20 and 21 that the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things, the, the restoration of all things. Things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things, however, the things, however, are the evidence of things not seen. Well, if Jesus going to the cross, told his disciples, I have many things yet to tell you. He's going to the cross. They've walked with him for three and a half years. Yet, Jesus said, I have yet many things to tell you. There's more things in faith to come. And, but you're not able to bear it now. It's not the right season. You're not full grown yet. But I'll send the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. And he will speak of me for all the father's given is given unto me. And he will show you things that will come to pass. He will show you these things. That's the revelation of Jesus. That's a faith that was once delivered to the saints. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it by his angel unto John. That is the engraving of an engraver, the engraving of a signet or a sign signified unto John. Which is in the spirit of Elijah. Then why is it so necessary for Elijah to come? Well, there's a messenger coming. Before Jesus' first coming, there was John the Baptist in the spirit of Elijah to restore all things, to make straight the paths of the Lord, and for us to be to get ready for the coming of the Lord. He came there as the suffering Messiah, Hamashiach ben Joseph, the suffering Messiah. There, John the Baptist forerun, and we find that in Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration when he took up Peter, James, and John, the inner three, and to the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus was transfigured before them. The Transfiguration showed forth 2 Peter 1, verse 16, it show forth his majesty. They saw his majesty. They saw the, the light of God break through Jesus, the Father revealed through him. Because the words he spake were not his, but the Father dwelling in him. He was the one doing the works. It was uh, the words that Jesus spake were not his, but He said, are not mine, but the father's that dwelleth in him, houses permanently in him. And while they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, they saw this glory, his majesty, all the light of God break through Jesus' face, shown as it were the sun. Why is the face so important? Because God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's the reason Peter, James, and John was there. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. Well, why didn't he take up all 12? Took three. Well, it's going to be this remnant. It's going to be this, these ones that are in the spirit of Elijah that will bring this to the church. Why? Because these are the fathers that come to the fullness of measure of the statue of Jesus and are sealed the servants of our God, in their forehead. And uh, there will be still children. They know he's the father. They've they've been born again, but they haven't heard and grown up into him in all things. They're not there yet. They're a little sister. What will be done for our little sister when she's spoken for? Well, the church, the others, the fathers, they're a full age. They're weaned from the milk. And uh, the woman said, I, her breasts were full and uh, uh, glorious in the Lord's sight. But we have a little sister. She's not ready. What will be done for her when she's asked for? She's not ready. And it goes on and says, will she be lost? No, because if she be uh, a door we will enclose her with cedar. That's the cedar work within the veil of the walls of cedar, the walls of salvation, which a cedar work overlaid with gold, which has the engraving work in it, the ceiling work in it, the engraving of an engraver of a signet. And on the walls there were engraving cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, fullness, Of glory total different time a total different season in a glorious season in the power of the Holy Ghost not our power but his power but he had to get us out of our own power to do that so the Lord will judge his people repent himself of the evil when he sees their powers gone they enter into that eternal Sabbath Sabbatico, the eternal rest or make the rest of the people of God. We have to cease from our own labors. The ones that enter into that and have the knowledge of God unto perfection. They've added to their faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience. They've gone obedience, through obedience, higher levels of glory. From, from, their, uh, from patience unto godliness, the godlike. From godliness, finally added to their uh, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is the final epoch. It's the bond of perfectness. It's the guarantee of perfection. And it is that charity will cover a multitude of sins because you're doing the will of God. Well, that charity is a perfecting of all things. It's a final step. Thereby faith, hope, and charity. The greatest of these is charity. And Paul goes on. When I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child. But when I became a man, that is in charity, face to face glory, know know as you're known of Him. Where we're headed to now, in the body of Christ, Paul said, when I became a man, I put away childish things." He didn't say that you forget them and just, from, but he said leaving, therefore. The first principles of the doctrine of Christ let us go on to perfection. Hebrews 6, not laying again the foundation of faith toward God and repentance from dead works, the doctrine of baptism, the laying on of the hands, and of the resurrection, eternal judgment. This will what we do if God permit. Everybody's preaching that. But let us go on to perfection to the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ, which is not in the Pentecostal realm where we're beating out olive oil, through the Holy Ghost, and that, but now he, the Holy Ghost is bringing us within that veil unto a brand plucked out of the fire, out of the fiery furnace, which is the us as pure gold, pure silver, meat for the master's use, going through a time of testing and trial. If you're going through it, chances are that you are called for that work of the ministry if you have obeyed God in all things. If you suffer the loss of all things and it counted but dung that you might win Christ, just as Jesus said, except a man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. And you've done that and still you're suffering and God putting you through the fire. Why? So you can be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Second Thessalonians 1. So it's a time of a greater glory. It's a time that The ones that are chosen there, that are counted worthy, that go into a higher state of glory, they obtain it by faith through obedience, being tried as by fire. Those are the angels to the seven churches in the spirit of Elijah. When Jesus was on that mount of transfiguration, and his glory shone forth, transfigured before them, his face shone as it were the sun, his garments glistening, It was to show Peter, James, and John the Jesus-only doctrine. They saw Moses and Elijah. Peter thought, well, there's three here. Lord, let us build, it's good for us to be here, let us build three booths, three sukkahs, three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But it was not what he said. He didn't know why he said it. Well, when it was over, The key to it is that they rose, Peter, James, and John, and they saw Jesus only. Why? Because Jesus only did redemption miracles in the day of his flesh. He showed in every miracle that he did that he is the resurrection and the life. Though a man were dead, yet shall he live. He rose three from the dead. And so many miracles that if it were it was impossible to write them all down. John said, I suppose all the books of this world, we couldn't record all the miracles that Jesus did. Tremendous amount of miracles. Yet we have eight recorded miracles in the book, in the gospel of John. Why? To show us that he is the resurrection and the life. Every one he did, showing that he has the power of God. If I'm the finger of God, cast out devils, know you, the kingdom of God's come nigh to you. Showing that he's the resurrection that he is the light. That same spirit that dwells in Christ Jesus dwells in you, it shall also quicken, make alive your mortal body. Well, there was Moses there too, but they didn't see Moses. Why? Because it was not Moses doing the judgment miracles upon Egypt, destroying all the gods of Egypt through the judgments of God. Those judgment miracles were done by Jesus only. And Elijah in the kingdom miracles that he did. It was not Elijah doing that. It was Jesus only. So, in the Jesus only doctrine, we're going to have these three greater works than these shall you do. We're going to do the redemption miracles of Jesus in Revelation 11. We're going to do the judgment miracles of Moses, Revelation 11. And we're going to do the kingdom miracles of Elijah, Revelation 11. In and through the body of Christ as a new thing that's never been done before. It was done moderately in the former rain, but not like it is in the latter rain. In the former rain, cloven tongues of fire appeared and sat on each one of them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, that was a marvelous move of God. But now, think about it. It's not going to just have cloven tongues of fire come upon you. He's going to make his angel spirits, his ministers, a flame of fire. You'll be turned into a flame of fire. Not just 12 and tons of fire setting on you. He's going to turn you into fire. But you've got to be counterworthy. He's going to put you through the fire first. Those ministers of flame, this is a brand plucked out of the fire. In Zechariah 3, called by the name of Jesus. When we find that Joshua, the son of Joseph, Joshua, that is Jehovah's salvation, the Hebrew name, there, Jehoshua, Jehoshua, Jesus, Joshua, son of Josedek, righteous, righteousness. Zerubbabel, born in, born in Babel, son of Sheltiel, prayers to God, son of prayer. That's what it's going to take to get in. And it will be a brand brand plucked out of the fire, which are... The two olive trees, which are the cherubim of glory, which are what? Which are literally in Ezekiel 1, verse 5, they come out of a flaming fire enfolding itself, and out of the midst of the fire, there appeared a man. That man is Jesus Christ, him, the head, and we, the body of Christ, the whole family in heaven and earth, name that name. Dead to ourselves as far as sin, but alive unto God. And those are the ones that will empty out of themselves the golden oil to the church. And they, as they impart the word of God, the church will believe it. And this little sister, that her had no breast, she was not ready yet. And what she's asked for, she's called for. It. It's the time of the end. What should be done for her? Well, it should be a door. We will enclose her with cedar, that cedar work within the veil the walls of cedar in solomon's temple there in the holiest of all the most holy place if she be a if she be a wall we will build upon her a palace of silver that's the final work of god total redemption silver redemption we still have to build upon her and that is exactly what is happening in Malachi 4. The messenger, Malachi 3, is that in the spirit of Elijah. John the Baptist, Jesus said, was in that spirit of Elijah. But in Malachi 4, it says, Remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Not after, not during, before. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Well, what's happening? The hearts, not minds, hearts. If we believe with the heart, man believeth unto salvation. Mouth is, mouth is confession, but with the heart, man believe it. That's the spirit of man. Now, the heart's been circumcised by baptism. Water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, but it can't stop there. Then we grow in the heart. There is knows in revelation, in the intuition of man, where faith is held in the spirit. That he is the Father. Then we go through obedience, unto doing the will of God. That's revelation of second and the third chapter. At that time, we find that. These angels to the seven churches, to the angel of the church at Ephesus, right? To the angel of the church of Smyrna, right? And to the church at Pergamon, right? The church church angel of the church at, uh, at the angel or the angelos that are emptying out of themselves the golden oil through the bowl that will feed the seven lamps of the church. But it's not a half egg of beaten olive oil. It's not Pentecostal. It is tabernacles. It's throne room revelation and preceding word in the now faith. The new thing that God's doing and with new wine, with new wineskins that have to receive the word of God in this work. Can't just sit back and say on our Pentecostal laurels that we're okay. We've got heaven made. We've got to make a move. We have to stir ourselves up. We have to be as John and turn to see the voice that speaks with us. We have to turn. We have to look upward to see it. And when we do, we'll see this great work, work of the ministry that God is doing now. Now, in the next podcast, we will get into the individual members of the churches of God and these seven churches, what it, it means to be an overcomer. It's not just the apostles and prophets that are bringing the word. It's the whole church coming up into glory for the work of the ministry. The whole body of Christ will be used. Not just I follow someone and therefore I'm there. No, you have an individual ministry, an individual ministration that God has called you as a member in particular to do in the body of Christ. And he will compact it together. Why? Because compact together means through the flaming fire of the Holy Ghost that he'll burn up all the dross. We will come unto perfection. You'll notice in the breastplate of judgment that first stone was a sardius stone. We had upon it, according to the, Oath of the tribes in Numbers 2, Judah. Pray, celebrated. That was a sardius stone. But then you look down, and then you had an onyx stone. And uh, on the onyx stone, uh, you have Asher, blessed, happy as he. We have a sardius and an onyx. Well, when you put the fire to it, you'll find in Revelation, in the stones upon the which the city there are built, we find a sardonyx. Well, what's happened? He's taken a sardius stone and an onyx stone and through the fire have melted them together. It will bring the body of Christ compacted together of whichever joint supplies, bone to bone, to the edifying of itself in love. This is the final body of Christ coming into the unity of the faith, not a partial faith, not seen through a glass darkly, but coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ministers all over the world are receiving this word now and saying, Oh, there's something more than Pentecost. Others have said God's got a victorious thing, a victorious thing he's doing, but nobody knows what it is. God's revealing what it is. We're going higher in the word. He's given the revelation of it. He's doing it now to those that have an ear to hear. <laughs> and that is what the angels, the angels, the angelos, the angels, the messengers who these seven churches are bringing, just as on that man of transfiguration. Jesus, when all was over with Peter, James, and John, they didn't see Moses and Elijah, they saw Jesus only. He is the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. There's not a trinity, not a two-ness, not a oneness. The man is God, who only hath immortality, Dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. Jesus is that man that's been made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15 45. He is set down, not at the right hand of God. That's what he did for us. Where is he? Revelation 3 21. He has overcame and set, S E T, not S I T, set. But S-E-T, state, a settled state of glory. Always has been, always will be. Set down with the Father in his throne. And he's going to reveal that to the churches throughout all the world. We've believed a false doctrine too long. But through God's judgment, all his ways of judgment, he's going to reveal himself to those that have a heart to believe, a pure heart. They will see it. God's doing it now. So tune into the podcast. We'll break this down. But before we leave, here in, in, in that Mount of Transfiguration, in Matthew 17, they came to Jesus and said, the, the disciples of Jesus said, after they come down from the Mount, he said, tell no man the vision until the Son of Man be resurrected from the dead. And then he goes on and says, they ask him, He said, Jesus, Why? Do the disciples of John say that Elijah must first come? Why why are they saying that? Why are they saying Elijah has got to come first? Jesus said, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. Now, there's many running around out there saying, they're Elijah ministry. Well, the restoration of the things and the things the faith and the revelation, that's how you're going to know the difference. There's going to be a lot of false prophets running around saying Elijah, Elijah, <laughs> but the ones that's bringing the truth and knows what that is and ver- verified by signs, divers, wonders, of, and miracles of the Holy ghost confirming his word. That's where you'll know that Jesus Christ is coming the flesh. Well, we confess that Jesus Christ is coming the flesh. It's not just given a mental assent. Jesus Christ is coming the flesh. That's how you know you're of God. You confess that Jesus Christ is coming the flesh. Well, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not only in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You won't be lying, cheating, and stealing and be, believe and confessing Jesus Christ is come in the flesh because you're a liar. You're not living the light. You're not a living epistle. You're not a royal priesthood. You're not walking as Jesus dead in the days of his flesh and walk in the light as he's in the light now. And any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, spirit of Antichrist. That's going to be dominant. But Jesus Christ has come in the flesh means that you're working what? You're working the works of God. That you see and they're demonstrated for us, not in in, uh, enticing words of man's wisdom, but in in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. You're going to see these. God confirming his word, as you see in Revelation 11. You'll see fire that'll come out of their mouth. That's a proceeding word of God. Not with any kind of weapons of this world, not carnal weapon, but the fire that proceedeth out of their mouth is a proceeding word of God. You're gonna see a time there that they've never seen before in a new thing that God does. A radical change from Pentecost. We're going to go into that in depth. We'll be going and seeing. When Jesus said, they said, why Elijah? Why do they say Elijah must first come? Jesus said, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. The restoration of all things, all faith. All, not some faith, not partial faith, all things, all faith. The things are the things of faith. The showing to his servants things which must shortly come to pass. That's all faith and all truth. And uh, he said, but Elijah has already come if you will receive it. This they understood. He spake to them of John the Baptist. There, John the Baptist, in the forerunner of Jesus' first coming, he did no mighty miracles. But this last John, the John you read about in Revelation that wrote the book of the Revelation, in Revelation 10, He heard what the seven thunders, their voices uttered, the seven seven thunders uttered their voices. And John was about to write the beloved disciple, which is the body of Christ in the spirit of Elijah. And he was about to write and said, write it not. This is coming through the little book, the Biblioridian. The Biblion is the word of God, Genesis to Revelation. But the Biblioridian, the little book, that revelation of Jesus Christ, the words of the book of this prophecy, John, Take it out of the angel's hand and eat it. Eat you, all of it. Not one scripture. Eat all of it. All truth. All things. It'll be sweet to your mouth as honey. That's revelation. Just as Jonathan, the son of Saul, put forth his sword and uh, took honey and ate it and his eyes were open. That's revelation of the word, honey. Butter and honey shall everyone eat that's left in the land the fat of the good word of God, the taste of the powers of the world to come, the Holy Ghost. Well, it'll be sweet to your mouth as honey, but it'll be bitter bitter to your belly. The bitter, the sufferings, the bitter dregs that drink this cup of sufferings. Can't have one without the other. It'll be sweet to your mouth as honey, but you get ready for the sufferings. It'll be bitter to your belly. Well, when he did, he had to take it. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Since that time, men pressed their way into it. From the law and the prophets were unto John. Since that time, men pressed their way into it. Paul said, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, and as many as be perfect, be thus minded. If you be any otherwise minded than this, God will reveal this even, even unto you. You've got to take it. Nobody's going to give it to you. You've got to press toward it. You have to draw nigh to him, and he'll draw nigh to you. God's doing it now. This is not Pentecost. This is a higher, much higher glory and season than Pentecost. It's tabernacles. And he's getting us ready now. In the 19th of January, 2019, God spoke. Visit us while we were in Transmira, Kenya, Africa. Preaching Messiah tribal, Masai tribal church coming out. And after about four hours there, uh, jumped a bar ditch and the Holy Ghost hit me, visited me at that time and said, seal my people by my word. As I send the angel from the East, having the seal of the living God. So send I you. That was a profound, uh, stirring word and command from God that we have done our best to do, knowing that is, is the it is the last of the last days. We need to stir ourselves up. We'll be unto them that are at ease in Zion. Jesus said, I'll search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. We need to be stirred up. We have to press our way in to get this. And the ones that do, notice what he said when John did. Take that book, that little book, and he ate all of it. It was sweet to his mouth, as honey. It was better to his belly. Then it was said unto John, notice it says, John, you must again prophesy, preach his word, promulgate it, proclamate it, publish it. And uh, John, again, you must prophesy, in many kindred nations, kings and kings. Well, John's not going to raise from the dead to do that. That's John in the spirit of Elijah, which is the body of Christ in all truth. That is Joshua in Zechariah 3, that brand plucked out of a fire. He has to have a change of raiment. It's a new thing. There's a change of raiment. Christ. There's only one raiment. That's Christ. As many as been baptized into Christ, to have put on Christ. That's your wedding garment. But it is a change. A higher glory. Same Christ. Just a higher glory. And it was a change of raiment. He goes higher. Then in Zechariah 4, we see those two olive branches. Who are these? What are these? And I Sir, thou knowest. Zechariah didn't know. He said, This is the word of the Lord. This is the voice of the Son of God. This is Revelation, the second and third chapters coming to the overcomers in the last days. Thus saith the Lord: Not by, not by, not by might, nor by power. It's not of anything that willeth or runneth. But by my Spirit saith the Lord of hosts. And it's going to come to consummation where they bring forth the headstone, the capstone, the first cornerstone, the beginning foundation stone. Christ will be the final capstone. Christ. And they're going to bring forth the capstone, the headstone, crying grace, grace unto it. And that is the hands of Zerubbabel. It's a word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, the church of the living God, the ones that are born in Babylon, but come ye out of her and be you separate. It's a word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by my might, not by my power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. The hands has laid the foundation. That's a foundation stone. Christ, nor the foundation be laid and what is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And his hands shall surely finish it. That's the final consummation of all things. That's where we are today. Neighbor, that's where we are right now. Now tune into the podcast. We're going to go deeper. We'll be in Revelation 2, we'll break it down, what an overcomer, what it takes to be an overcomer, what God is speaking to you, the body of Christ, as an individual member, what you have to do, and I have to do, in order to be counted worthy to enter into that kingdom of God, and that we might be accounted worthy of that kingdom of God, Zechariah uh, 4, that First King 6.23, the cherubim of glory, what it means, what it means to be an overcomer what it means to have a vessel under honor meet for the master's use and be given power to continue 42 months. God's doing it now. Well, we would like to hear from you. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or, if you have questions, or uh, you'd like to message us, maybe you'd like to come one, with us, join up together in the unity of the faith. Write to me there at Dennis Beard, post office box 2906 on Texas zip code 75606. Message me over the website, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or Dennisbeard.org. We love to hear from you. Thank you for your prayerful supports and your generous offerings. We're buying and keeping podcasts coming to you over the air. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit Saint. Behold, the real Jesus.